Welcome to the Content Podcast, Conversations with Silicon Valley's Creatives. I'm Daniel Garcia, your host and the cultivator of Content Magazine, published by SV Creates. Hello. Today we talk with Elizabeth Jimenez Montelongo. She's a visual artist, a poet, educator, and a 2021 creative ambassador for the Office of Culture Fairs of San Jose. Hey, Elizabeth, how are you doing? This is Daniel. Hi, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for being a part of this. I'm really excited to talk to you because I don't think we've ever met and you are very a very active, creative person in the community. So I'm excited to talk to you. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So we have to do the complete rundown um, because you're a visual artist, you're a poet, and you're also teacher, educator. Um, so let's let's kind of pick that apart a little bit. Let's just start with um, kind of like your, your painting and your drawing and the visual art aspect of it. How did you get started um, in like the visual arts and kind of like creating that way? Well, visual arts has always been something that's just drawn my attention. Like some, it's something that I have memories of doing even as a child, like you know, drawing, painting, um, just making things like sculptures. Um, yeah. And I eventually started taking um, art classes and I decided to study art um, at San Jose State University. Yeah. And so I went through the um, the Bachelor of Fine Arts program. And um, towards the end of my, my time at San Jose State, I began a series of oil paintings based on on Aztec dancers, Mexica dancers from the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of my like first and main series of artwork. It's called the Euphoric Dance of the Unconquered Mind. You were drawing and kind of like in art and making things growing up. Um, yeah. So, at what point did you think like, oh, you're going to do like a arts program at San Jose State, like? Was that encouraged by somebody, or you just kind of like, I'm gonna go for this? Um, yeah, actually, somebody encouraged me. Um, I I had never even like realized that being an artist could be a career or even a, you know like a major option in college. Um, mm-hmm. And I was considering being a social worker, actually. Yeah. And um, my high school art teacher. She just noticed that I was, you know, I would get really into my projects and just kind of take everything to the next level, like, you know, beyond the, <laughs> the requirements that she set for our projects. And I would just like really enjoy it. So she she told me um, she asked if I had any plans to to continue studying art or even major in, in art when I went to college. And um yeah, it was just kind of a surprise to me. I didn't realize that that was an option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's, yeah. I, I started considering it and looked into it and um, I realized that's what I really wanted to do. Yeah, that's cool. Now, did you grow up here in San Jose or where did you, where did you grow up at? No, I grew up in Petaluma. So that's in oh, the okay. North Bay. Yeah, cool. When, so then you did you come down to San Jose when you started the BFA program or for college? Yes, um, I wanted to, I didn't want to go too far, but I did want to kind of, you know, like 
find a new place and be on my own and just focus on my my college experience and my education Mm -hmm. um so yeah I, i pretty much just applied to san jose state because that's where i wanted to go yeah and then you never left. <laughs> no. So, or at least not yet. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been here a good, like, close to half my life. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I enjoyed, yeah, I, I enjoy living in, you know, San Jose in this area. Um, I liked my experience in San Jose State and was able to, you know, to meet people. And especially when I, when I started um, exhibiting my artwork and getting more involved in the art community, I just realized that there was like so much going on, like art wise and culture and, um, you know, just a lot of like really cool events and people that supported my, um, just my artwork and my career as an artist. And so I just, I felt very at home here. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Then how did you get into the poetry? Was that something that you've always kind of been doing or is that um how did that come about? Um my earliest experiences with poetry um that I can remember was in in 7th grade. 7th or 8th grade, um we had a like a unit on poetry and so we read a lot of poetry. Um unfortunately, none of it was like like the Chicano poetry that later inspired me to like write in the way that I do now. But I, I really, I liked it. And part of the, um, like the project was to write our own poetry. So it was a lot of like, um, kind of like cliche rhyming <laughs> at that point, you know, I was like 13, <laughs> but um, I, I continued writing since then. Like I would, I would write just for myself, like things I never showed to anybody necessarily yeah. just about my own, like, feelings and experiences um you know teen years that kind of thing um (laughs) the emotions of the teen years yeah yeah but yeah I continued writing since then and then maybe around was it I think around like 2007 or so that's when I remember writing like my first poem that I that I really like liked and was willing to share yeah, I just kind of like put a little more attention into my poetry in a different way since then. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Now you do you you've exhibited it said like you know in your bio bio like all over the United States and like fifty exhibitions and galleries and museums across the United States. That's pretty impressive. How did you get into these fifty different shows and exhibits? Um, what was kind of like your process of getting started? Well, a few of the earlier ones. Um, one was my my BFA show at San Jose State. So part of the um, Bachelor of Fine Arts program um, is to to have a solo exhibition in one of the galleries in the art building at San Jose State. Um, and after that, there was there was a show there at San Jose State that was organized by students, and I think that was that kind of gave me the idea like there you know there are shows that I can submit to like out in the world too and yeah. so I would just send my um you know submissions pictures of my artwork to um when there were call, calls for art and yeah people started responding and you know including me in these art shows um 
And as I met people, they, you know, they would invite me to to show in in different exhibitions, or I'd meet people through through others. Like I'm I'm part of a a collective on the East Coast, um, the We Are You Project. So the idea is like it's a traveling exhibition. Um, so with the artists that are that are in the collective, um, we've had had a good amount of ex- exhibitions together, uh, and that's mostly based on the East Coast. And then through that group, I met um, you know other artists that that were also you know working on other projects and had exhibitions going. And so I was able to um, you know with their support exhibit in in additional venues um and i just i continued submitting my work <laughs> wherever there are opportunities yeah it is kind of like a a network right once you kind of get a couple connections then that leads to other ones um mm-hmm. but you have to be bold enough to or have enough you know guts to at least submit it right <laughs> yeah yeah and i like i've thought about that um sometimes how it sometimes it it took like somebody Kind of like believing in me and encouraging me for me to feel like like I can do this, you know, like if you know if they appreciated my artwork or see something in it, um, you know, then then there must be other people out there that that also will. Not everyone's gonna love, <laughs> you know, any particular artist's work, but I realized, you know, that that's like a possibility. And then like yeah, new, yeah, yeah new opportunities cool. open up as you look for them. Yeah. That's awesome. So now your work definitely reflects, um, I guess, your cultural upbringing, right? Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of Chicano work and Aztec art and dance, even the the euphoric project, right, is um, with kind of folklorical dancing or something along those lines. Um, What? How does that? How does that? How does that identify you as an individual? So, uh, the series of artwork that I mentioned earlier, um, the euphoric dance of the unconquered mind. I actually started that because I, um, like growing up, I didn't have the experiences of seeing any of the um, Mexica dancers. Mexica dancers are often um, known as Aztec dancers. Um, But I didn't have that experience of like seeing the, you know, like the dance, the ceremonies um, growing up. And so that was something that I that I had the opportunity to experience um, in San Jose. Mm-hmm. And the first times I, um, you know, I was just present in those ceremonies. Like it really, like I felt something like really special just with all the, something in the, like the beat of the drums and the, the colors and the dance. And just, you can feel like the dancer's energy, like the, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a spiritual experience. And so like, you can, you can feel that like through, um, like through the dancers and yeah. I just really love that and that's like you know that's that just inspired me to like start like painting um painting the dancers and the dance like in a way that would kind of like represent like how I felt um when witnessing that like all the like the color and the movement and you know it's hard to like show drum beats visually but I still you know like my attempt with the way I use like texture um, through my palette knife painting process. Yeah, yeah so. that's, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, and then, um, so there, is there a particular medium that you find you're more drawn to, uh, even even from words to charcoal to oils or even uh, sculpture? Because you do do a little kind of like multimedia 
and even a little bit of sculpture, right? Yeah. Is there anyone that kind of draws you more? Yes, or? I have. Um, so for the series I mentioned, um, the Mexica dancers, that's oil painting on canvas. And I like that because I use like really thick oil paint and I, I apply it with a palette knife. So it's like really thick. Um, you know, it feels almost like, like putting frosting on a cake or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. So um, I, you know, I love oil painting. And then I have another series of work that's mostly acrylic ink and ink on wood mm-hmm. and I also add I add like paper wood and found objects sometimes to certain pieces um I just don't limit myself like if I want to add something but it's not something like I do all the time <laughs> within that series or like do it on purpose just if it's like needed and yeah, yeah. um I also have a um a series of alebrija sculptures so those are cartoneria, um, typically known as paper mache, and I do add found objects to those sculptures as well. Yeah. So what makes you, you know, like so? You say you have a a piece of wood, and then you're starting mm-hmm. to do some charcoals and acrylics on it. Uh, what would, like, what causes you then to maybe put some paper or something else on it? What What's kind of like the thought process that goes on? There are a few different ways I start out. Sometimes I just I just get this image in my mind and I think it comes from, you know, it comes from like experiences, things I read, things I saw. Mm-hmm. But I don't consciously put it together. Like I'll just like sometimes just like see an image in my mind and I think like, oh, that's something like really a really cool thing that I could um, you know, bring out into the world as like a visual image. Mm-hmm. And so that's somehow, sometimes how I get started. Um, so those kinds of images, that's what I do on, on wood. And I do draw mm-hmm. it in with um, charcoal and then I paint in acrylic. And sometimes like the charcoal mix with the acrylic and makes a really nice okay. effect. Um, and other, other times I just have like an idea in mind, like, like a concept, um, like right now while we're talking, I'm looking at this this piece that I have next to my um my desk here. <laughs> um it's called mm-hmm. Chicana Birth. And um that one I was just thinking of like this my like by cultural experience, I guess. Um my family, my parents are from Mexico and um I grew up in the United States and so I, I realize, you know, a lot of the ways I think and act and that all comes from like a combination of, you know, my my parents, um, you know, the way they raised me, like from mm-hmm. and like Mexican culture, and then a lot of things I've picked up from, um, you know, culture in the United States, like ways of thinking, and so I made an art piece about that. So in that case, I had the the idea first, like you know, a concept, something I wanted to represent, and then I thought of a way of. Um, representing it visually yeah yeah that's cool would you say that you have a i don't know a particular voice or is there a message in general that you want to communicate um with your various art mediums um and most of my art it either it either like celebrates like culture um in the case of the mexica dancers like like indigenous culture um mm-hmm. or an indigenous roots of you know like the chicano latinx um people that 
like a lot of us have the indigenous roots um, mm. that some of us don't even you know realize <laughs> until a certain point yeah. in our lives and um, so um, part of it is that like acknowledging and celebrating our indigenous roots um, and also like my you know this Mexican Chicano cultural experience and my bicultural experience um, is often like reflected in my artwork mm-hmm. and just my just a way of thinking that I've um, that I've developed just by reflecting on you know things that I've learned about um, about history about myself and just the way I you know the way I choose to view the world I guess and so sometimes I have artwork that addresses um, addresses that and my hope is mostly to to like inspire people with like the beauty of a, you know, visual art piece, like something that people can like say and see like, wow. Like, because that, I think that feeling of um, like seeing something like, like beautiful or interesting and that feeling of like, well, what I'm calling like inspiration. Like, I think that that just, that's really powerful, like experience in a person, whether it's like, you know, like someone that we see that we care about or a landscape, like anything beautiful. I think that's like just good for people in general yeah. and also um you know if my artwork helps people like you know feel proud of their their culture and their roots um i've had that experience with you know just as a viewer of other people's artwork and so yeah um it's really empowering like to see things from your own culture ref- reflected in art especially if it's hanging like in a you know in an art venue and yeah um and yeah, also just some of my, some of my artwork, certain pieces that address um, like either social issues or just like even cultural issues, they kind of serve to like get people um, thinking or they might start a conversation, um, you know, either with me or somebody that they're looking at the piece with. And so I think those conversations are really important. Yeah, that's cool. So you, you mentioned that originally you were kind of thinking of doing social work. I mean, do you think in some ways that art um, is somewhat of an extension of doing social work? Yeah. Um, I hadn't thought of it too much that way, but it, it is. Well, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't compared the, the like my earlier um, decision to be a social worker to like my current um experience as an artist but I do think that I think I'm like I'm happy with my decision um to pursue the visual arts more because I feel like in some cases um like no so social work is it's it's needed and it does you know it does people a lot of good it um but I think that um you know, just being able to like express myself, help other people express themselves like through art, like when I teach art and like being able to have like those conversations and everything. I think it does it does do something that's good like for people's um kind of like, you know, for the, their spirit <laughs> and a yeah. lot of yeah. you know, a lot of issues we have in our society are just from like um, you know, people undergoing like like hardships and traumas and and the arts really like help like release that um like through expression and through just even like shared um 
appreciation of like a piece of art and those conversations I mentioned and um, art making, like all of that is just really good for like, like healing those traumas. Was there a time in your life where you created a piece, do you think that really helped you with kind of like a, a time that you might have been down, depressed or trauma or something like that? And you had a piece that really you created out of that kind of space? Well, um, visual arts, not really with, um, I did have that experience with poetry. So Hmm. a lot of um, just, I guess, you know, negative feelings that come up through different life experiences or just, you know, general like self-reflection and things like that have led me to to write a lot of poetry and that's not the um I do share this that kind of poetry and I've had it published but um I think most most of the the poetry I share is more like on like cultural and like my Chicana experience kind of issues but I do have another mm-hmm. set of poetry that um that kind of just addresses yeah like those feelings those like negative feelings and like you know all the things like negative things that um that I internalize from like, you know, other people's like words or treatment mm. of me. And, you know, these are things that happen to everybody, but I was able to like express those things in, in poetry. Yeah. And yeah. I did feel that, you know, like that release of that, um, you know, it's almost like you're taking something negative out of yourself and just putting into, yeah. you know, yeah. to your poem. And um, I always kind of like turned it into something positive in the end, like, within my within my poems like it turns into something nice like I I kind of switch my perspective on it even just by writing about it yeah yeah yeah, very helpful yeah that's cool yeah it's almost like I don't know I think there's like the power in just communicating the emotion right either in words or even visually then it doesn't have such a hold on you right and I think even I think even like it's almost like then that thing that could be negative because you've put it out there and then you've created something and then you could be almost proud of the what you've created and then that even takes away more of the power of that negative mm-hmm. stuff, you know? Yeah, that, yeah, it's like, that, oh, like surviving that um, experience yeah. and, and also yeah. like acknowledging that, you know, a lot of the things that people go through, it's not, you know, it's like it's not our fault, like we tend to feel like ashamed or like guilty of things that um that just aren't our fault <laughs> you know it's just yeah. other people's um choices of how to, you know, the effect things yeah. they do to us yeah. or way they talk to us yeah yeah is there um you know is there a line in a poem that you wrote that that you've done that you really like it almost like surprised you like it came out of you like oh that's i like it like you know what i mean it's like if you had to put together your like uh your best hits you know like your top 10 like is there something that you're like well i'm really i'm proud of that phrase and what i said there or even the the idea of it do you have something like that that even you could tell us <laughs> um <laughs> well there are a lot of lines in my poetry that I like and I do sometimes get that feeling like you said of like like wow I came up with this but um I don't have like a particular one in mind right now 
Um, yeah. I did have a poem here handy in case you, you asked me to read something, but... Yeah, I was going to um, get to that, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's there, there's a line here and there in like every few poems that I do that, that I really like. I'm like, ah. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, I love to... Um, that's why I love to share my poetry. I think like, you know, if that something that came out of me has an impact on me, then, you know, it might have more of an impact on someone else that, you know, also needs to hear it or that would relate to it. Yeah. Cool. Well, so you do have a poem there ready, fired up to go? Yes. Would you would you want to read one for us? And could yeah, tell us the name of it and then go for it. I would love to hear it. Yeah, sure. All right. So this one is called Tacos de Lenguas. Tacos de lengua, you force-fed me, and now I can waggle my double-edged tongue right back, a flinty, sparky weapon, electric currents right into my pen, writing to you words held in for 500 years, from the genes in my blood to the genes that spill my blood. Y aquí en este banquete de tacos y lenguas, y tacos de lengua, una gran reunión de pedernal, fuego, sangre, historia. Here I speak words that burn, that spark, fires that spread, fires that burn, bonfires, fires that burn out, fires that leave ashes, ashes to cover my body in, ashes to weep in, creating rivers of ink that tattoo the body, that tattoo the soul, ashes to fertilize the roots, roots and ashes, find other roots, roots that move, roots that shake, roots that rattle the ground. A ground of ashes under which lie bones, bones that won't lie still. I saw them rise and connect. I saw the skeleton come together, dancing skeleton, dancing with the corn plant, madre maiz, and neither had roots. Holding hands, no triangle, a circle, cycling, spinning up into the air. Chose to stay here, return to earth, feet on the ground, roots in the earth. Roots in the ashes, on the bones that won't lie still. Rising from the ashes, rise from the ashes. I rose from the ashes. Ashes to ashes, ashes on my forehead, ashes in a cross. A cross burned to ashes. They painted on my nopal, and I'm going to strike this lengua on another. Ay, que chispa. Ashes, ashes, but I refuse to fall down, even when I'm six feet underground. And mira como le hago. I am a lengua that you label me with. I am my thoughts that I nodded to. I am the palabras you all shoved in my mouth, but I spit them out in a different order, and I order them to emerge, spill in chispas, run in ashes and tears. And from there, where my two brown feet are planted, emerges a quetzali phoenix with a long coiled body that rises into the air. Feathers, maize, and white flowers, de llueva into rivers and lakes and underground, into oceans and humidity, sips of lágrimas to lágrimas, tears to tears, de llueva, and may the plants grow strong. That's great. I mean, was that, I mean, that's obviously like a journey for you of personal triumph or something, would you say? Is that like a transformation, not only for you, but for your people and feeling the ancestors or your yeah. culture? Yeah, yeah, I was thinking, you know, along those lines, culture, ancestors, and um, language, like, mainly that's why that's mm -hmm. why I named it Tacos de Lenguas, like, you know, yeah. those languages that, um, you know, that 
we're made to speak. Um, and I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind having learned English, but it is a it is an issue, you know, that um, you know, in some cases, people are even now and like today's <laughs> today's times. Um, a lot of kids that you know start school the way I did, like in, in when I started school in kindergarten, I didn't speak English at all. Yeah, I spoke yeah. Spanish, and um, and you know, I know like. I think most people know that historically, like people, like kids used to be shamed in schools for speaking Spanish and punished. And you now I come to find out that these things are still happening today, um, which is very unfortunate. But you know, that's what I address in this poem, or part of what I address in the poem is, just, you know, like, even like Spanish was, you know, forced on on our indigenous ancestors. Right. And yeah. So I just want to like acknowledge that that use of like language and the way that you know, it can be something that wasn't our choice or our ancestors' choice, but we can still just kind of, you know, just take it and use it in our own way to express ourselves in our own um, experience. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was my, I mean, that's my family experience. I mean, my father and his brothers, when they went to school, they didn't speak English, mm-hmm. but they so they were getting beat up. So they did um, made a decision that they would not speak Spanish um, outside of the house at all, right? Mm-hmm. So then my father's Spanish is pretty bad, <laughs> and then mine is even worse because we didn't, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, even though we grew up around, you know, all of our Mexican family and the culture and stuff like that, and eating tacos de lengua, and, you mm-hmm. know, everything, but um, but yeah, like our Spanish is not that good because. You know, they had that experience, you know, so it's very much yeah. like what you're saying in the poem. But, you know, I think even mm-hmm. now in the I think the irony, the great thing is, is that then I had the opportunity to put my kids in Spanish immersion school. Right. Mm-hmm. So now they're fluent. They can read and they can write and they're completely literate. And, you know, they can they're speak way better than I ever oh, could. <laughs> so it's kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. It's like it's a lot like that poem, you know, where you see the cycle kind of going and then. To have the triumph of like when you know who you are or something. Yeah, yeah, it's like taking back um, heritage, taking back culture, um, choosing you know how you speak or how you you know get your um, your children to learn to speak and just you know like not um, yeah not let other people like completely dictate how you how you speak or the um, you know the pride and and just you know. I don't yeah. know if pride is the right word, but just like pride in your language, you know, everyone should have, should be able to feel pride regardless of which language they speak or, you know, which culture they come from. Just, you know, be proud and yeah. enjoy who they are. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I've always kind of uh, amazed at, like, how different cultures, you know, set themselves mm-hmm. against each other or pit themselves higher or lower than other cultures. Mm-hmm. And then when you really start looking at them, it's so they're so similar you know what people mm-hmm. want and what people need and what people like yeah like in the in the end like people just want to like you know be happy feel safe have their basic needs met you know like people yeah. do their their work and you know, i think about these things a lot you know people just want to like eat <laughs> have a home make sure they're yeah they're safe and their kids are safe yeah um yeah we have a lot of common commonalities um, yeah but yeah there's that whole yeah. like like you mentioned like some 
cultures will like put themselves above others or you know there's all these even around the world you know there's all these like even like ethnic wars that they call them and and all kinds of things going on and i think it's just um a lot of it's just that idea of like hierarchies like of just like um you know ranking things like something's always like better than something else instead of just accepting that things are different and just letting them be and enjoying them um i always i always see that like the hierarchy mentality and things yeah yeah it comes out of fear right i mean one group is fearful that the other group is going to take what they have you know it's it's just so i don't know it's so base <laughs> you know it's kind of sad <laughs> yeah. but it's it's the story of history unfortunately i don't know how we get away from it <laughs> you yeah. seem like we do but then we don't i don't know <laughs> well, I have that's why we need the poets <laughs> yeah that's that's why we have the we have the poets to help us dream and <laughs> and change yeah 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 i like that we can we can dream of a better a better future, better situation, and make it happen. Yeah, yeah, cool. So um, now, also, you you're you're teaching. So you teach art. What what particular things do you teach, or what some of the things that you um, you kind of do? Well, um, I consider myself an educator. I do teach art. I teach visual art. Um, I was before the pandemic. I was teaching a lot of visual art. Um, painting, drawing, and sculpture. Like I would teach kids mm-hmm. to make the alebrije sculptures. A lot of my work was yeah. with children and also um, sometimes like families, families and their kids. Um, and certain programs would like request visual arts workshops and just workshops for events where just people come through and like make a project and go. And I also, um, I've also been working in public schools for about 15 years now oh, and okay. that's mostly like academics um i started out as like like classroom support um teacher assistant they have different titles for that but um i used to do a lot of that so like helping basically helping children like learn to read and do math and i really yeah. enjoy that as well um like it's it, just the um not just the like i don't see ever see education as like i'm you know te- gonna teach you to read and do math so you can get a job like I never think of it like that even for myself like I always thought of education as like an experience of like um like self-development and also that like empowerment that you get from like learning to do something new and yeah just having skills yeah that's cool that's cool now with the um the city of San Jose's Mm -hmm. creative ambassador uh for 2021 uh what does that mean? <laughs> and what do you do as an ambassador? <laughs> okay, so um, as a 2021 Creative Ambassador of the San Jose Office of Cultural Affairs, my role is to get um, like set up situations where the community, especially San Jose residents, can engage in the arts. So just making sure that people have access to these art experiences. Mm-hmm. And so my project as creative ambassador is Palabras and Poetry. And so I started this year, you know, it's, a, it's like a 2021 term for the year. Um, but I had been, I had been teaching some poetry workshops 
during the pandemic, starting in about um, like August or so. Actually, no, I started like in May of 2020. I was asked to um, I was asked to provide a, a poetry workshop, and from there I got the idea to just make these available for people that you know might be like sitting at home or having a hard time like coping with being away from like people and their regular activities. And yeah. so the poetry workshops are, um, I share a poem by another poet, um, kind of lean towards Chicana poets or just, you know, Chicano Latinx poetry. Um, so I share a poem and then I have writing prompts so that people can write. Um, and I, I kind of like guide it so that, you know, like nobody's, they're staring at their blank paper. Like I, I start <laughs> them off a little bit. <laughs> so I have like a, yeah. you know, kind of like a, a phrase starter sentence starter kind of thing where they can just um you know write about and usually people will start with that and then um they come up with really good poetry <laughs> um yeah, just yeah. starting like that like you know it gets things flowing and um and then the workshops also have like a like a share out time so people will read their what they wrote oh, cool. to the group and so you know people can like connect and just get a like a glimpse into another person's experience. So I see that as like a community building aspect. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah. So in this project in Palabras and Poetry, I I just, um, I'm changing it up a little bit. Like I, um, you know, like last year when I was doing this, it was just like something I was offering. And now as it's my creative ambassador project, um, I'm collaborating with, with local organizations, um, you know, to make sure that people can take advantage of these these workshops and experience them, and also choose like themes that relate to the organizations. Yeah, that's cool. What's some of the organizations that you're working with? Well, so far, I partnered with Eastside Magazine um, oh, and yeah. Cultura Marketing to mm -hmm. offer um, a an event called Esperanza. So we wrote about mm -hmm. hope and Esperanza will actually, it's a theme for the next um, issue of Eastside Magazine. Yeah. So, you know, the part of the um, plan was to like get people started writing and then encourage them to submit their work to Eastside Magazine. Um, and I'll also actually be encouraging people to submit to, to Culture Counts Magazine and another magazine that I'm, um, working as co-editor and that I'm co-editing um, so that people can, you know, not only write, but also see their, see their work published. And, yeah. Yeah. Share it out. That's cool. So, and I, and I imagine these workshops, of course, are, are online or have to be online, unfortunately. Right. At this yeah. point. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're virtual workshops through, um, we use Zoom. <laughs> and the last yeah. <laughs> one I did was last week for um, the School of Arts and Culture. Yeah. Um, we had um, Words of Power, and it was part of an event um, honoring Cesar Chavez. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I offered a, you know, that poetry writing as part of, as part of the event, and we wrote about the power of words. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. And then, so this is something that you do throughout the year for the city, for so for 2021. So you're going to continue to do these, I guess, till your term's up, right? Yes. Yeah, I have um, I have a few that are currently either being planned or that the organizations have confirmed they want to 
know, collaborate to, to have one of these events. Um, so the, there'll be more offered throughout and um, I will be posting them on my um, poetry webpage, which is ejmontelongo.com mm -hmm. slash poetry. Um, so people can, you know, if it's, if it's an event that I, um, that I set up, it'll be, it'll have registration there through Eventbrite or just the link to register through the organization. Yeah. Awesome. So it's completely open to the public. I mean, there's no age limit or no. any kind of, yeah. No, it's open awesome. to everybody. I mean, like kids are welcome. And I, I think, you know, like even kids that can't write yet could participate. Um, you know, if I were asked, I would say just, you know, draw a picture or even adults, if you don't feel like writing, like, you know, they can draw little pictures. Um, um, but yeah, it's open to everybody and it's free. Um, and I've been doing like, you know, bilingual, bilingual workshops so that, you know, like more people have, have access. So I, I have the prompts and most of everything um, in Spanish as well. So that, and people can share their, their work in, in English or Spanish or, you know, a mix or another language, even if, you know, they have another language that they write in. Yeah, that's cool. So do you have um, either like a, a philosophy or a like life mission statement or something like that that you kind of guide yourself by? Um, I don't have a, like a set mission statement, but I was thinking recently, like there's this poem that I wrote about um, about the just the experience in the pandemic, and mm. called, it's called war war in times of COVID nineteen. I was thinking of all the like the um, you know it's all the allegory, the metaphors of um, like war, and when people talk about about the pandemic and like COVID and the virus. And so I wrote this poem and at the very end, um, I thought it said with reflection on a lot of things like, you know, social issues and all the like, you know, hardships that people are really like, they're more impacted because, um, you know, because there's already like disparities and um, just economic disparities, you know. But at the end of that poem, um, it ends with what are we really fighting for? culture, education, and self-determination. And mm. that's what I think like a lot of like the work I do, whether it's in um, visual art, poetry, as an educator and, and all my roles and everything like I'm all about that, like culture, education, um, and self-determination, just having that like, you know, that freedom to like choose our own, our own future, our own way of being and our own destiny if you could put it that way yeah that's cool awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's kind of like what, what's the i love the the french thing where it's like liberdad i, I forget what it is like liberty oh. fraternity brother uh brotherhood and i forget i always forget yeah. what it is but Le I, liberté égalité fraternity like liberty yeah, yeah. equality and fraternity brotherhood <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. You have your three <laughs> kind of statements. You need to make a flag. You need to start your own country. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that earlier 
Um, and I, about starting I don't, your own country? I don't like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, no, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I'm not like a big fan of flags for different reasons. But um, I was thinking of, I was thinking of that line earlier, actually. Um, was it the culture, education, and self determination? And I was thinking of the, the, you know, the EZLN um, in Chiapas, the Zapatistas. They have, okay, yeah. um, there's this, I think it's Democracia, Libertad, y Justicia, uh, Democracy, oh, okay. Liberty, and Justice. But I was like, that doesn't exactly match mine, but I'm a big fan of like their their philosophies and their ways of thinking. Um, so yeah, I was thinking like, I don't want a flag, but maybe like a banner or something, or just an art piece that has like those words in yeah. it. <laughs> you can make a COVID mask, right? A bandana that can <laughs> be a mask. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what's what are you excited about coming up? What's something that you really gets you kind of like jazzed coming up here in the future, next few months? Well, some things. I mean, I'm excited about my, um, you know, my workshops coming up for palabras and poetry and. Um, um, I won't give specifics, but <laughs> but I'm excited <laughs> about a, a presentation that well, it's like it's more of a poetry reading slash workshop that I'll be offering. Um, and it's it's for university, and I'll, I'll be sharing that. It's, I think it's um it's open to the public, so I'll, I'll be sharing details on that soon. When um, is that gonna be roughly? It's later this month. Okay, cool. Yeah coming up <laughs> so i'm excited yeah. about that because I, I did one so mysterious <laughs> <laughs> no, what's, just, you know, what's the top <laughs> what's the top secret news behind it <laughs> i just want to make sure that it is and i'm pretty sure oh, okay. to the general public and not just for the students at that university before oh I, yeah before okay I, that makes sense yeah but it, it will be posted on my on my poetry web page and on my social media so um yeah um I'm excited about that, and also I have I have a solo exhibition coming up, but it, it got pushed, well, it got um, rescheduled into the future because of the pandemic. Um, a little more than it already was, so now it's going to be um, 2023. But I have a solo exhibition at Centro de Artes in San Antonio, Texas. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's awesome. Will you be able to go out and be a part of like the I mean, I would think by 2023, mm -hmm. COVID's got to be over. <laughs> Hopefully, please. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you'll be able to go out there and, I don't know, even help put up the show or at least be there for, like, the opening reception and stuff? Um, yeah, that was the plan. I mean, they, they install they install the artwork, but I um, the plan was for me to go, like, they, you know, they even were going to cover my, like, you know, flight and accommodation, which is awesome of them, um, so that I could be there for the, the opening. Yeah. And, maybe yeah. give like either like a talk or, or you know some kind of workshop related to the exhibition yeah that's cool and what's the exhibition what's what's the theme or what's it the exhibition focused on well i'm going to be exhibiting paintings from um from the series i mentioned earlier of um Shika dancers um so the exhibition title is the same as the series the euphoric dance of the unconquered mind Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, that's exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, cool. Well, thank you very much for your time and uh, for the way that you are affecting the community with what you're what you're doing through your art, through your poetry, and even now as an ambassador. That's a cool thing to add to your <laughs> your your like bio. Yeah. I'm an ambassador of the arts. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your time, and um, we'll see you around town, hopefully. Thank you, Daniel. Okay, talk to you later. Okay. Bye. To find out more about Elizabeth, go to her website, ejmontelongo.com, and her Instagram at Elizabeth Jimenez Montelongo. Thank you for listening to the Content Magazine podcast. Follow us on social media at Content Mag. Visit our website to become a member and help us to continue to tell the stories of the local creatives. This episode's music is Tang by Chris Inman, who is featured in issue 13.2. Follow him on Spotify at Chris Inman and on Instagram at Chris.Inman, as well as his record label, Orange Label Records. Hey.